It's the end of spooky season, so let's end it with a really interesting case, shall we? A psychic has the ability to see the future, know what you're thinking, but some even have the ability to receive messages from beyond the grave. Sit with me a while and let's discuss the murder of the amazing 17-year-old track star, Miss Shelley Turner, and how a psychic was able to help find her murderer. What's up, my babies? It's your girl, Charlie J, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Time with the Fine Dime. I missed y'all so much, and I know y'all tired of me disappearing, but I got a planner, y'all, and I actually use it. I'm being so grown up (laughs) and getting my time management together so I can be way more consistent than I have been, but... Y'all ain't come to hear all that. <laughs> we we finna go into a rambling rabbit hole. We are here to talk about Miss Shelly Turner, and we're gonna do just that. Now, Shelly Turner was from North Philly, born and raised by her mother, Vivian King. And there was nothing known about her father. But her mother did have a longtime boyfriend named Clarence Jones, and he was considered her common law husband because, you know, they never actually officially got married. She also had two sisters. Shelly was the middle child, and there were big age gaps between the three of them because she was about eight to ten years apart from both of her sisters. She lived in an area that was considered kind of run down. In some townhouses on North Edgewood Street. Now, Shelly was like a little mom to her baby sister. She made sure she got up in the morning, got dressed for school. She cooked her food, made sure she was just well taken care of and safe. And uh, Miss Shelly, she went to William Penn High in Philly. It was in West Philadelphia, so she was raised and lived in North Philly but she went to high school in West Philly and she was a star athlete which is why she went to this high school so far away from her home so track and field was her sport y'all and baby she was great at it her mom said she ran everywhere like when she sent Shelly to the grocery store to the laundromat Shelly ran there and she ran back with all the stuff in her hand can you imagine like I get winded taking a laundry basket from the back of my house to the washing machine in my house and no my house is not that big (laughs) but for my research William Penn High was so known for an amazing track program so they had the best of the best So, with her being known on that team as being the best, you know she was a star. She had plenty of friends, so she was popular around the school and the neighborhood. Like, you know, when when you see those movies, or shoot, if you stay in the hood, (laughs) everybody notices that kid is really going to make it out. Like, everybody's rooting them on, and... I feel like she was that kid like I'm just I'm picturing it like the neighborhood cheering her on when they saw her running to the laundromat when they saw her running to the grocery store 
Like they really just noticed her. Everybody noticed her. I just I see that beautiful moment. Just like in movies. <laughs> so you can imagine the area, her neighborhood, North Philly and West Philly, probably all of Philadelphia was just shook when she went missing on January 18th in 1993. Not only did she go missing and didn't come home, but she missed a very important track meet. And she was so serious about the sport. So Shelly never missed a track meet. She wasn't, she wasn't finna miss no track meet now. This was trying to get out the hood. Like she was getting scouted by Clemson and Auburn and many other colleges. So these meets were very important to her. So where's Shelly? And baby, what is going on? I know y'all got questions and I'm here to give you all the answers I could find because of course I wanted to know too. So let's get into it. So people clearly knew her for being an amazing track star, but her close friends and even her coach knew that her home life was not that great. Her mom, Vivian, was a drunk and not just any old drunk. She was a mean and angry drunk. Everybody knew her for being just mean. And honestly, from my research, it doesn't seem like Vivian's boyfriend, Clarence, really did much about it. He probably just looked the other way for real, for real. But that's why Shelly had to take care of her sister like a little mama because they weren't really doing their part as parents. Shelly felt free when she ran track. She really loved that sport and how it made her feel. And I've noticed like people who love to run, definitely not me, but you know, one day maybe. <laughs> but I always... They always say that it's it's like therapy to them, like they feel lightweight and all their problems are gone away for that moment. So I can definitely see that connection with track for Shelly and knowing her home life. But with her mom being a mean drunk, you know, I'm sure some police were like, maybe she ran away. But her friends and classmates and stuff were like, nah, like home life wasn't great, but she finna miss no track meet and she ain't finna leave her baby sister like that. When her track coach, Coach Hickey, saw that she wasn't at the track meet, him and her teammates were very worried and he immediately contacted her mother to see if she was home. Vivian said she had not seen her either, so she immediately contacted police because where's her baby? To let them know that Shelly... Shelly was gone. Shelly was missing. They came to her house to talk to her and get some clues on what could have happened. Now, Vivian told the police that she knew what she knew. I'm sorry. Vivian told the police what she knew and said Shelly went to her best friend's house and went to a party. And that's the last time she she saw Shelly. So, of course, they had to dig around some more and ask her friend, where could she be because she was supposed to be with her bestie Andrea that night so Andrea was very worried about her friend and like any good friend you're gonna keep your friend's secrets of course but when their life is in danger you know you need to speak up and Andrea did just that 
she told the police that yes Shelly came over but she didn't stay the night she actually went to see her new boyfriend now it is important to know that Shelly had on like a lavender purple um jogging suit or track suit and she had a jacket of her own she was wearing but her bestie boo Andrea was like nah sis it, it, it don't even go with that outfit and you can't go seeing your new boo thing looking a mess I won't I won't allow it so she let Shelly borrow her dad's leather jacket and that is the same no that is the last time Andrea saw her friend alive Shelly left Andrea's house and went to her boyfriend Sean Williams and Sean he recently transferred to her high school so I don't know, maybe people just didn't know him like that. I don't know, but hey, Andrea said what she had to say so they can get to the bottom of where Shelly was. She had to tell them where her friend was last known to be. So they were hanging out for a good while, like too long. So the police talked to Sean and found out that they were hanging out a little too long, so it got late. And you know they lost track of time because Shelly saw that it was like 1:30 a.m. and she had to go home before her mama went crazy, and she had to prepare for her meet too. This was a very important meet. All her meets were important, but this one was really important. So Sean, being the good boyfriend, walked his boo to the bus stop and made sure she got on the bus safely because it ain't the ba- the best neighborhood and. He just wanted to make sure she was safe. The police definitely questioned Sean and he told them all about their night and he was quickly ruled out as a suspect. They also talked to the bus driver that night and his story matched Sean's but they were also able to find out that the bus doesn't make as many stops that late. So he dropped her off like six blocks away from her house and it was in an unsafe neighborhood, but that's the closest she can get home. And this neighborhood was already known for bad things happening there, including murders. So, in true Shelly fashion, I'm sure she was probably running to get home. I know I would have in in the nighttime. I don't, I don't even like to run, but your girl is scared of the dark and being outside. And in the sketchy neighborhood, now nah, I'm running, okay? It might not be fast, but best believe I'm going to run. But that's the last piece of evidence and witness interview info they could get on Shelly. When the people heard about Shelly going missing, they went looking for her. All her friends and neighbors and everything. Her bestie Andrea said that she even went into a scary went into scary buildings near the bus stop where she was last seen to see if she could find Shelly. She I'm sorry, I mean like really scary like abandoned buildings, probably places people were found before. But she was like she was terrified doing that, but she wanted to do everything she could to find her friend and said that she was just imagining like what if my friend is in this building and I missed it because I had fear 
yeah that broke my heart she was like i i can't i can't miss a building just because i'm scared and my best friend is out here and we can't find her like she was gonna do everything she could to find her friend now even though vivian was a mean drunk and wasn't the best parent she made sure people saw her face and did interviews and appearances trying to find her daughter Now, when you see footage of her in the interview, she does seem rehearsed and kind of emotionless, but I mean, that could just be how she is, like her personality, but, um, or, you know, like me personally, I have to practice what I, what I have to say, especially if I'm going to be emotional saying it. So that's, that's probably the vibe she was giving off. So even though the police and the people that knew Shelly and, even just knew of Shelly were doing everything, they hit a dead end. Like, where is this young girl that was that had such a bright future ahead of her? Like she was a senior, like had her cap and gown pictures already done. Y'all just waiting on graduation day and she was soon gonna be heading to Clemson to keep running track and get her education. Now, the community even got together to raise $6,000 for any information about her whereabouts. They were still not able to find her, and it had been about two weeks, y'all. So, police was like, let's interview Vivi again and see if she has any more information she can give or point them to somebody. Y'all, she said looking to Shelly's track coach, Coach Hickey. She said she felt like he was a little too close to the girls, and, you know, he was known to be a strict coach, but, see, he he did that to everybody. He So they decided to still look into it anyway, you know, because it's another possible suspect. They called Coach Tim Hickey for an interview, and he was like, yeah, he's a hard coach, but you got to be if you want to be in the best team. And furthermore, he couldn't have anything to do with it because he was out with some friends and had an airtight alibi. And he did let police know that Shelly's home life was not great. Like, she had plenty of heart-to-heart convos with him and told him that she was not looking forward to going home. Like, she she hated having to go home and deal with her mother when she was drinking and mean. And she had a lot of responsibilities, more than what many 17-year-olds had to deal with. Also, remember... Um her best friend Andrea well before I get back to Andrea let me tell you of course after they talked to coach Hickey they the police had to look more into Vivian too because why didn't she say maybe Shelly ran away I don't know because of I don't know I mean, I'm sure, of, of course, but yes, I do. Of course, she's not going to say, you know, I'm a mean drunk and, you know, I'm mean to my kids. Like, she's she's not going to say that. But now that they're, they're on her radar a bit. 
But y'all, what I'm about to tell y'all next is gonna <laughs> shake y'all because it shook me. But y'all remember her best friend, her bestie boo, Andrea. So y'all, she stayed directly across the street. And I quote this. She stays directly across the street from Shelly. And she said one day, she was just looking across the road, probably just, you know, sitting in her living room or even sitting on her porch. And she saw Vivian's boo thing, Clarence. And he had on a leather jacket. But not just any leather jacket. He had on Andrea's dad's jacket that she let Shelly borrow. And, you know, that's what Shelly had on the night she went missing. So, Andrea wasted no time to call the police and tell them what she saw. And they brought Clarence in for questioning immediately. They asked him who the jacket was and how did he get it? Did he have anything to do with Shelly's disappearance? You know, grilling them. He was found in her jacket. Well, in the jacket she had on. But Clarence really didn't know what happened to her. And he was like, look, I just saw the jacket in my house. And I put this jacket on. It was cold. We in North Philly in the winter. It's freezing out here. So he just saw in the jacket. It was close to the door. Put it on. Went on to do his uh, job his paper route job and because he was working and they were able to look into that and know that he was working this was during the time like Shelly could have possibly gone missing so police realized that maybe it couldn't be him but now we still have a question how how did he get the jacket now, I know y'all are like, when does the psychic come in? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. So, Detective Frank Martin was trying to get some kind of clue on what happened. So, just a week after Shelly went missing, the FBI told them, y'all need to contact Valerie, Valerie, <laughs> Valerie Morrison. She's a well-known psychic, and she's helped solve cases before. So, he did just that. They actually contacted her a few times for this case. So, when they had their first meeting with Valerie, all they gave her was a picture of Shelly. And she was able to tell them that Shelly was feeling fear. And she said that Shelly wanted her to help her. And she felt her feet were very, very cold. And she also told them, and I quote, this this is all from a show called Psychic Detectives, y'all. She quoted, I'm picking up a bus. I see a boy, but not with her. I see her on a bus. I see the male friend, someone like a boyfriend. It's funny that I see her alone. I feel that Shelly was put on the bus by a male or a boyfriend, perhaps. Y'all, the police did not tell her. They didn't tell her nothing. Like, this was on to something because she, none of this was known to the public. Well, to maybe her friend, like maybe Andrea, but they they didn't say anything about this. And this was just a week after Shelly went missing when they contacted the, the psychic and she told them this. So the story literally matched exactly like the info they had 
So naturally, they were like, we got to go talk to Valerie again because we need, we need some more info. So Valerie also told them, this is another quote, I also see that she is very cold. Her feet are very cold, like ice cold. I see that Shelly was shivering, holding her body. She was shaking and seemed to be begging and pleading. Morrison then said that she saw Shelly going into her house and going back out again. I see holy water, something spiritual, something of a religious nature. I see her in the woods in a secluded area. I don't know why she would be there, but I also see white lines across her head that indicates trauma. I think this is a homicide. This is what Morrison told the detective. Quote it. Now, Martin then told Morrison, they were like, hold on, we don't even know if Shelly dead or not. She, we don't have a body or anything. Like, she's just considered missing right now. And the psychic was like, no, no, baby, because I feel it. And she, she's, someone killed her. And it's someone that knows her well. And I'm convinced she was murdered and not missing. She said she is somewhere close to her home. So, I don't know. You know, something that happened at home. Because Valerie was like, Shelly went home and took off her shoes, her coat, and was getting ready for bed. And she got into this big argument. And, like, she said she was seeing this. It's like it was seeing this, feeling this. And Shelly was just tired and didn't want to argue. So now the police and Valerie were like, we just probably need to go to Shelly's house. Maybe I could feel more or communicate more if I go to her home. Because, you know, the stepdad was already on their radar, even though he had a paper route. He could still be lying. Somebody could still be lying for him because what was he doing with that jacket? So... They led, they, they went to, um, Shelly's home and they let Valerie and Vivian go up to Shelly's room. Valerie told the police, well, told the detectives, like, look, y'all stay downstairs. This is something that me and Vivian need to do alone. We need to, you know, try to communicate with Shelly by ourselves. So they went up to Shelly's room, y'all. I'm sorry, I'm getting shaken up because it's it's weird, y'all. It's crazy. Y'all, Valerie laid on Shelly's bed while Vivian was in the room and said she felt her body just go completely numb. And y'all, this lady grabbed Vivian's arm and said, Mommy, tell them where you put me. Baby, Vivian hollered like blood curdling scream hollering and told Valerie to get out right now quickly like you ain't moving fast enough get up out my house and I'm just gonna be honest even if I didn't do anything if somebody grabbed me and told me some mess like that I'm finna scream too and tell you to get out because I'm scared what, what are you talking about but she was uh, right about everything else so maybe Vivian may just be the murderer 
but is Shelly really dead? Because remember, she's still missing. So we still have to find her. So on February 20th, 1993, a man was walking his dog in Fairmount Park and came across a tarp that had blood on it. And under that tarp was a body. He called the police and they saw that the body had gunshot wounds to the face, hands and chest area and blunt force trauma to the side of her face. The police had Vivian ID the body as Shelly Turner. So this was now officially a homicide, just like the psychic Valerie said, and she was found in a wooded area, just like she informed the police. She was found with blood force trauma, just like how she told the police. Everything she said was right. Now, in this huge park, Shelly loved to train there, and that's also where her life ended. But what happened to Shelly? Who, who did it? So, th- thankfully, they, they found her body, and... It had at least a piece of closure to know what what happened to Shelly and to give her a proper funeral and, you know, allow her to rest in peace. And, you know, young people's weddings, I mean, not weddings, Lord, young people's funerals are always packed or it's it's a lot of people. But Shelly's was like really, really packed. Everybody came to pay their respects to her and her family so um Shelly's best friend Andrea said that she sat in the back and she was just you know kind of zoned out but she was there but she was just watching everybody and just observing and she noticed that Vivian wasn't acting like a grieving mother like, if I lose my kid, I'm going to be distraught. Even if a tear doesn't come down my eye, I'm not going to, you're going to notice that I'm a grieving mother. But tears will be flowing, trust and believe, because that's my baby. But she, Andrea said that Vivian was smiling and waving like this was a a, a gathering, like a, a barbecue or something like it wasn't a whole funeral for her daughter. Now, and Andrea, she wasn't the only one to notice this. Like, everyone noticed how she was acting. We know everybody grieves differently, but even if someone smiles at a funeral, it's usually not a smile with joy behind it. It's, it's just one that says, you know, like, hey, thank you for coming. Good host type, you know, type vibe you know good host type of smiles no no real emotion behind it because of course I'm sad but a smile of I acknowledge you and I appreciate you for coming type of thing now I want to go back to Vivian and how she was like how people reacted to her when they found out that Shelly went missing no one came to console Vivian No one came to knock on the door like neighbors or anything trying to talk to Vivian or anything like that. Everyone knew her as just being mean and trying to fight and 
they just didn't want to deal with her. She was a very aggressive lady. Like everybody that rallied to look for Shelly and rallied to find what happened to Shelly was there for Shelly, not her mother. And to see the way she was acting at the funeral, people were like, nah, something something fishy. Like it, it just don't seem right. And Vivian was feeling the heat, y'all. She was hearing the whispers. So Miss Vivian was she said, I gotta clear my name, get these people off my back, cause the pressure is getting worse. She she wanted to clear her name and quickly because she had to get, like I said, she had to get these folks off her bag. So she was already in the media, of course, you know, trying to get folks to rally around her and help find Shelly. So she had contacts already. So she decided to contact a well-known radio host named Mira Mason. She's a well-known host in like the Philly area to try to clear the rumors. So, yeah, she was doing the usual, asking people to help find her daughter's killer. But after her interview, when she was off the air, but she was still able to be heard by Mary Mason, Vivian did something that really shook Mary. Y'all just let it. She said, Vivian said this. She said, Shelly's teeth were glistening pearly white in the moonlight when she died. Now, remember, she did not identify her at the crime scene. So, how could she know the exact detail on how her baby looked when she died? She thought she was clearing her name, but baby, now, see, she, she done messed up. So, on April 6, 1993, Mary ran, not walked, but she ran to the police to tell them, what she heard Vivian say. Y'all, Vivian even said that Shelly's hands were, hand was covering her face while she was getting shot. Like, Vivian said all this and was in earshot of Mary Mason. Like, that right there is all they needed to hear. But see, before the police even got a chance to knock on Vivian's door... She decided to head up to them because she knew she messed up. She knew. She knew she messed up. So she came to police herself trying to clear her name. She was like, look, the media is hounding me. Everybody think I killed my baby. Help me clear my name. So the police said, all right. Night, sis. Well, let's take a lot of sentences. Y'all, this lady at her big age and her big lie. Sat down to take this test and failed it. Failed it. No inconclusive, none of that. It was conclusive that she failed that lie to take the test. Like, Miss Girl, you're just going to fail it. Why Why did you even agree to take it? Like, you got to be a special kind of crazy to do that. But now she was really backed into a corner. So she started confessing. She said, y'all, this makes me sick. But she said that she was drunk. And you know how she's an angry drunk. She was mad at Shelly for coming home late from hanging out with her friends. 
and they started fighting her and Shelly started fighting like hands were thrown and Vivian went into her room and got her gun from under her mattress and told Shelly come on we're going to the police station because I don't want you in my house no more so sure Shelly was annoyed and fearing for her life I'm sure because her mom had a gun and Vivian drove right past the police station and took Shelly to Fairmount Park and this is a quote from Barrett in the Backyard where I got most of my information from Barrett in the Backyard and Psychic Detectives. But she said, if you want to fight, we're going to fight right here. Let's go. Y'all, she pistol whipped Shelly. So she hit her Shelly in the head with her gun and made Shelly fall down and then shot Shelly six times. Now, I don't know about guns. I don't know much about guns. But it sounds to me like she ended the clip. And then she covered her body with the tarp and left her baby there. After she confessed to her crime, not just any old crime, but the murder of her child, she laughed. Laughed, y'all. When this info they were able to arrest her for the murder of Shelly Turner. And they were able to get a search warrant to search her home. Even though they searched her home high and low, they were never able to find the murder weapon or the jacket Shelly was wearing that night. And the fact that her body wasn't found for over 30 days, there was no physical evidence showing that Vivian was the murderer. All they had was her confession and that's it. And y'all, before her trial, best believe she recanted her confession. Of course, Vivian wasn't going down that easy. She tried to say that this was a forced confession, even though, Miss Girl, you went to the police yourself. Your lips was just loose as a goose, and people knew the type of woman that you were, but they were going to have to do some work to prove that she was the murderer. Her lawyers tried hard to get the confession thrown out, but the judge was like, nah, we keeping it. Mm-mm. You ain't gonna get, you ain't trying to go down easy, but we also not finna let you get away that easily. So they went to trial. Yeah, Vivian even took the stand and was still just lying and contradicting herself. Like she honestly made it clear that she was the killer. But she also made it very clear that she was very drunk when she killed Shelly. Shelly's bestie, Andrea, was crying so hard, y'all. Like, saying how graphic the details were in the trial and how she couldn't help but imagine how Shelly was begging her mother for her life and trying to use her hands to defend herself. Like, Andrea even said she got real depressed and she didn't have the will to live anymore after her best friend was gone. Like, her best friend was like her sister. And she said she feels like um, Shelly was tapping God on his shoulder, asking him to give her best friend the will to live because soon after, Andrea found out she was pregnant. So... She has somebody to take care of, somebody to give her a will to live. And that's 
that's just such a blessing y'all I'm a water balloon so I be trying to fight back tears and I was trying to fight back tears for real when I heard that but let's get back to the case get back to the trial y'all want to know she was found guilty so the jury deliberated for six hours and they found her guilty of third degree third degree murder which they say is first degree murder but while intoxicated like why is that even a thing i don't i don't understand that because you know they always say uh, a drunk man speaks a sober mind so she she wanted to do this but with third degree murder she was sentenced to only 10 to 20 years in prison for killing her daughter like she hated her daughter like vivian wished she could be shelly because now vivian did run track when she was Shelly's age, she just, she wasn't excelling like Shelly was. So she was just jealous of all the things Shelly had going for herself and just a mean, hateful, vindictive person. Like, how can you hate your child so much that you want to kill them? You should want your child to, to always be better than you. Always. But... That's not how Vivian saw it. And she only served, I wish she served at least the 20 years, but no, y'all. She only served 11 years in prison. And then she was a free woman. A free woman that murdered her daughter. And she is still living in Philly. I wouldn't be surprised if she went back to her same house. Shelly's friends and people that knew her never forgot. And they never will forget her. Like, she was so loved. And they wanted to make sure that she was not only remembered as the girl whose mother killed her, but as a promising track star, future Olympic gold medalist, wonderful friend, sister, leader, and great role model. Everyone believed in her and looked up to her and saw such a bright future for her. One of her friends, Mr. Man Frisbee, built a music center in Fairmount Park near where Shelley's body was found nearly 30 years ago. It is clear that even though she is gone, she left a legacy and captured so many people's hearts and she would never be forgotten. That is the end of Shelley Turner's case. I know that was heavy, y'all. Like, no one can fathom why a mother would kill their child. This, this story is truly devastating. But I want to thank y'all for chilling with me and listening to me talk it out. So thank y'all for tuning in to Crime Time with the Fine Dime. And I do want to shout a couple friends out that's in my corner. Shout out to my girl Cleo for helping me decide on covering this case. And shout out to my girl Lauren for my fresh new logo that I absolutely love. And I hope y'all love it too. But, you know, let me know. I do want to let y'all know that I have a Facebook group, a discussion group. Just search Crime Time with the Fine Dom. You know, join in. Get in on conversation. Follow me on TikTok at Crime Time with the Fine Dime. And if you have any requests on cases you would like me to cover, just shoot me an email at Crime Time with the Fine Dime, the one, the number one, at gmail.com. But all right, y'all, I'll call y'all later.
with another case next week. Peace, love, and blessings. Bye now. Thank you.